Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, AMFM247.com. We have got Niall Nickel joining us today here on our big program. And uh, Niall, welcome to the big broadcast. How are you, my friend? I am doing great, and it's always great to be with you. So you have got all sorts of different things going on in your world, in the world of technology. Uh, what, what, what do you have for us this week, my friend? Well, you know, Apple has been in the uh, crosshairs of, you know, being this big, powerful company that just uh, that runs roughshod over everybody, along with Google and Amazon and Microsoft. But I thought there was a rather interesting, uh, interesting story that just came out. It seems, uh, and maybe you're aware of this, um, whenever Apple comes up with a new product or something, uh, maybe a little bit negative happens inside Apple, it seems to have a hotline to the press. And uh, apparently internal Apple management is not very happy with that at all. (laughs) And so they have decided that the solution to this leak problem is to have uh, some of their employees wear police-grade body cameras to walk around (laughs) as they're working. So, uh, you know, they not only are their own conversations recorded, but who they meet with, where they go, uh, you know, what they're emailing, what they're reading. It's all recorded for them. Um, Now, you know what I find rather interesting about this is uh, even with all of Apple's efforts to basically restrict its employees with all sorts of technology to prevent leaks, guess what? This just got leaked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because I I was wondering how how that happened when the fact that uh, they're trying to stop leaks, Niall. I I wondered how you got this story. (laughs) Isn't it just amazing, though, that that all of this goes on? You you would never think it, but here we are. in fact, uh, I think if we were to read the novel 1984 that scared people to death because of big government and big business intrusion into our lives, people would think that that was the kindergarten version of what we have today. So, yes. Just saying. Just yes. saying. I hope, by the way, that uh, they have a way to disable those uh, those body cameras uh, when when people decide that they have to use the facilities there. Uh, so <laughs> that would be a little bit much. Although, who knows? It might be a new uh, new Apple business. I guess that could be iPorn, right? That's right. That's right. It is Niall Nickel. He joins us today. Here on our big program, you know him as the technology reporter. You can find him on Twitter at Niall Nickel. And, of course, he is a human relations and technology expert. And that that last story was a hell of a human relations story. Uh, what, what, What else do you have for us this week, my friend? Well, I don't know how much you know about broadband, but if we talk about the big um, Internet providers, uh, you could pick, uh, you know, whether it's Cox, Spectrum, you keep on going down the list. But, you know, we're told by them, and they report to the FCC, because this is a self-reported number, that 90% of the the country is served by broadband access. Well, it turns out that over the last... uh, I don't know how many months, uh, 
six, eight months, the FCC and some other organizations have been making their own maps and not using what the Internet providers tell them their coverage is. And rather than that, you know, 90% coverage area, it turns out that about 60% of the country is not covered by broadband inter, inter, uh, Internet service. And interestingly enough, even if you go into certain metropolitan cities like Chicago, well, it turns out about 70% of Chicago is not covered by broadband Internet. Really? Um, and uh, so it turns out uh, an organization happened to say, gosh, why don't we look at uh, at the maps where communities couldn't get mortgages in, you know, the 1930s and 40s and 50s uh, that are referred to as red line maps? And it turns out that if they take those red line maps that have been documented because of all the litigation that's occurred over that, interestingly enough, those red line maps and the areas that don't have Internet coverage almost overlay each other. Um, it's rather interesting. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm happy this is happening because I can tell you that many places in the U.S. have very poor Internet, and it's somewhat of embarrassment being a uh, very digitally uh, enabled country that we have so many issues like that. But uh, yes. hopefully that's going to get fixed. We have got a great guest with us today. Niall Nickel joins us here on our big broadcast. He's the independent freelance science, technology, and social media reporter, and he joins us today here on our broadcast. So uh, what, what are some of the other stories that you have for us, my friend? Well, it turns out that Google has uh, been fighting uh, the EU and Australia uh, related to uh, privacy issues for quite some time now. Okay. And as a matter of fact, there have been numerous EU rulings against uh, Google, and Google's already paid some rather significant fines. Well, it turns out that um, they have recently discovered that even though there are direct court orders from the EU, from the European Court of Justice, to not have uh, Google send EU website data back to the U.S., it seems like Google is still doing that. And it turns out that Australia happened to stumble across the same thing. Well, Australia has started a process to fine Google up to $6 billion. So, wow. you know, I guess if these, uh, if these fines get big enough, then, you know, maybe there might be something done about the privacy. But, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that they get big judgments and uh, they just say, yeah, we know better than you do and sort of flaunt the law and go on about their business. Maybe they need some of those body cams from uh, Apple to <laughs> figure right. out who's leaking things. That's here. right. They, 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 they need the body cams from, from Apple. <laughs> that is awesome. So, uh, so are, 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 and, and I know this, this is just going to sound like a really stupid question, but are the body cams Bluetooth? That's what I wondered. Well, I guess uh, there's no way that we'll know unless we go get a That's job right. at Apple, right? That's right. <laughs> well, Niall, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, where do we find you on the web and social media and everything else? You know, uh, you could go to Twitter, as you said, at Niall Nickel, and that's Niall like the river and Nickel like the coin. 
Or you could go on over to Facebook, go to Niall Nichols' Top Technology Tips, where you get a chance to see many of the stories we talk about and then many more, uh, as well as you have the opportunity on both of those platforms to chat with me and uh, ask questions. And who knows, maybe I'll even give you a direct answer on it. <laughs> That's fantastic. No body cam included. That's right. That's right. Well, Niall, uh, as always, you are fantastic. And uh, I know that next week with Fourth of July and everything, uh, our schedule is so screwed up. So I know we won't be on next week, but uh, we'll be back with you the following week. And uh, have yourself a, a good Independence Day, my friend. I'll do that, and I'll look forward to what technology fireworks I could bring to you after that. Yes, the master of the Segway strikes again. Thank you, sir. I will talk to you next week. Okay. Thank you, Niall. There he goes, Niall Nickel, the fantastic Niall Nickel. And we are going to take a brief time out and come back with more on the other side. to the Jiggy Jaguar radio show on the network. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, amfm247.com. You can download our app in both the app stores. Also, find us on TuneIn 24-7 or check us out on iHeartRadio each and every day. We are live 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 PM Mountain Standard over there at JiggyJaguar.com. We have got a tremendous guest coming up here in just a few moments. But before we do that, let's tell you about our incredible sponsor for this segment. Our good friends over there at MyPillow. That is right, MyPillow.com. Deep discounts on all the MyPillow products are happening right now at MyPillow.com. Go over and use the promo code J-I-G-G-Y and get some incredible deals at MyPillow.com. Or dial them up at 800-550-2037. We've talked about all the different MyPillow products, but I want to tell you about the Giza Dream Sheet Sets. These are guaranteed the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Certified. 100% Giza Egyptian cotton. It's now available in both solids and stripes. We have a a set of these. These are absolutely amazing. Flannel Giza Dream sheet sets for colder weather. My pillow flannel sheets now come in Giza cotton. And you can buy one, get one absolutely free at MyPillow.com or 800-550-2037. Enter the promo code J-I-G-G-Y and you can get 30% off your My Giza Dream Sheets. MyPillow.com. We've got more coming up right now on our big broadcast. It is the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast. That's Kendra Checkets with Blase. And she has a great interview up on kjagradio.com or the mic.biz. No, the mic.fun, you idiot. We got all sorts of things going on today. We are going to go to our first guest. They are going to join us here on our big program. And uh, welcome to the big broadcast. How are you, Stuart? You. So, Stuart, tell us a little bit about your background before we get into the topic here, my friend. Well, I've been around for many years, 
Jiggy, and uh, my background is varied. Uh, primarily, uh, I, I love writing, and it's what I do real well, uh, but I own property. I own a storage company in Echo Park of Los Angeles called Thrifty Storage. I've been here for a cool 45 years, and uh, I've managed the kickboxer, Benny the Jet, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, my Lord. So you managed Benny the Jet, your kiddies. Oh, you know him. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know him. I would love to interview him at some stage of the game, but... Well, um, set up. But, he's, uh, he's a wonderful guy. He is fantastic. Tell me a little bit about... Meeting him and getting involved with him, that I think is super cool. Well, I got involved, we actually got involved with each other in uh, 1980. I knew him in the late 70s, and he asked me if I wanted to be his manager, and it was not long after I, before I had uh, purchased the storage company and started developing it, <laughs> but he said he needed good management. And he knew I was around because I had written for all of the martial art magazines for wow. many years. Had columns in them, wrote articles, and and so we just got together. And from 1980 to 1990, I call it the Wonder Years. And he retired with a 58 and 0 record, 49 knockouts. He was a just an incredible athlete. And I saw him not that long ago, just a couple of weeks. He came over. And had lunch with me, so we stay in touch. Well, we need uh, to talk on email or something and get an interview set up. I would love for you to uh, inter- get get me involved with him. Delighted. That would be fantastic. Because uh, I would be delighted. He is fantastic. So, uh, so okay. So <laughs> you have the storage company, <laughs> and me. then then you end up. Managing uh, essentially a living legend, uh, yes. <laughs> you've 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 written for the martial arts magazines. Yes, all of this, I, I all of this stuff does book. not go together. You know, you 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 you, you got you got managing Benny the Jet Yurkinis. You've got writing for martial arts magazines. Oh, and then you have a storage company. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that is amazing to me. And it's kind of a, a mixed-up bag of tricks. But, yes. Uh, I have fun. I have a great crew here, so I'm able to do everything my heart's desire. So it, it works out great. Well, that is that, that, that is fantastic. So, uh, so Stuart, you have uh, obviously had a, a, hell, of a, a hell of a run, a, a hell of a career here. Uh, so... And it's not over. It's not over. No. No, no. <laughs> not, uh... Hey, when the bad lady sings, I'm checking out. Okay. <laughs> that is awesome. So... When I see her in the horizon, I'm going to duck. <laughs> so, um, tell me a little bit about this book, Queen Bee and the Killing of Bugsy Siegel. Well, I tell you, Jiggy, this started in 1992. Yes. I went to school. I went to school with B. Sedway's son, Robbie, in '52, and we were both still in single digits, going to Hawthorne School in Beverly Hills. I had just moved here from Jacksonville, Florida. 
I was green off the vine, and uh, Robbie was a great guy. We were best of friends throughout grammar school and junior high. And, you know, when you go to high school, you kind of part your ways. But we always stayed friendly, and uh, we had a lot of experiences together. He was just a wonderful guy. And he, uh, and then we lost track of each other. Well, about 30 years ago in 1992, we happened, to, we happened to have breakfast together, and he knew I was writing, and he said, would you like to hear a real old Las Vegas story? I said, I'd love to. And he <laughs> said, you want to know who killed Bugsy Siegel? <laughs> and I wow. said, sure. And he told me, and this is someone that I knew, I grew up with. It was his wife, excuse me, it was his mother's boyfriend, bodyguard, and eventually husband and Robbie's stepfather, who killed um, uh, Bugsy Siegel. And B. Sedway planned it out, the killing of their best friends to save the life of Mo Sedway. So it is wow. quite complicated, but I know, I know the path. I can guide you through that path. And I, uh, Robbie and I were going to do a project and I was going to write a magazine article uh, based on this story. And uh, uh, it was just too vast. It was too big. And it would not fit comfortably in a magazine article, even a serialized uh, article. So we talked about it. And, I, and we wanted to do a magazine article because a lot of films are made that way. Yes. Producers see it like Boardwalk Empire, for example. Yes. And uh, and then, sadly, uh, uh, well, I'll back up. Uh, B. Sedway dies in 1999. His brother, Dick, dies. His older brother, Dick, dies a couple of years later. And Robbie passes away in 2014. Holy smokes. Cancer. It was terrible. And here I am armed with all these notes, all the interviews, everything I've been doing. And I said, well, I've got to bite the bullet because I did not want to hire anyone to write this for me. They couldn't do it. They didn't have the insight I had, and they would never, ever write it the way I saw it. So I said, okay, let's do it. So I started writing, and I would write five to six days a week, four to five hours a day, over three years. And when I was through, I wow. went, ta-da, it's over. And uh, then the real work began because I sent it to my editor. She went through it once, made corrections. I made those corrections and sent it back to her and then just kind of filled in some spaces that I saw. And now it's complete. And it is 100,000 words. And it encompasses all of uh, organized crime from the beginning, which is like 19, uh, 1919, just pre-prohibition, all the way through the mid-50s, which is uh, the lessening of the influence of the mob in Las Vegas. So it, it covers all that. I just couldn't tell a story without including everything. So there are no questions when you get through reading this, there will be no questions left unanswered. I tried to cover everything that anybody could ever think of. 
And I think I did. And very few people have seen it. You can't just send out a 100,000-word manuscript and expect people to see, to read, to go through it. It's not a magazine article. It takes a commitment to read. But it, I think it's a fun read, and it's a quick read. There's no fluff. It's, it's tight. It's right. And I think quite enjoyable and will fill in many, many blanks of uh, what happened with Bugsy Siegel. That's amazing. So, Stuart, what has been the reaction that you have gotten from folks that have read the book or, or people that have heard about the book? Well, let me let me tell you. First of all, I wanted to see if there was still interest in Bugsy Siegel. So on the 70th anniversary, which was 2017, of his killing, I hired a good friend of mine in Las Vegas, Bruce Marin, and I said, <laughs> Yes, I know Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I want you to get me all of the interviews you can for two days. I want to come in on the day of June 20th, the killing, and the day after. I'll do all the interviews you, you can do. And after that, there's no more. So he loaded me up. He called me back. He said, no one's saying no. Everybody. <laughs> no one's saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and so we did TV uh, with Fox News, and also uh, I was looking forward to doing a uh, uh, a second round with Steve Shore, and I understand he passed away. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was a very nice man. We did that uh, interview at the Liberace Museum. That's and awesome. Then, That's fantastic. And then several other interviews, and Bruce says, "Hey, wait, there's more." I said. I'll talk to you in three years, because right now I have nothing to sell. I'm back. I have something to sell. That's awesome. That's where we're at. That's awesome. Well, hey, I'll tell you, I have, and this this is the craziest deal. I always have uh, breakfast at some stage of the game with Bruce when I am in Vegas. Uh, uh-huh. In January, because we go out and cover the Adult Video News Awards, commonly referred to as the Porn Awards, and uh, I've always got a party with porn stars every year, and so I always have got to see Brucey as well. So uh, if if you are in Vegas or in that area, uh, middle of January or so next year, I would love to do a video interview with you uh, about this that book and great. everything. That would be that would be tremendous. Uh, so sure, I would love to. So, Stuart, um, yeah. what has been, I, I, I guess, some of the different reviews or criticism or, or feedback that you've received on the book? Because I, I know that something like this, I'm sure you've probably gotten uh, good and bad and in between. I've gotten zero negative. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Zero. And I've uh, very few people have seen this. I sent this to a friend of mine, a retired judge in Texas, uh, Judge Roy Kerbin, and I wanted him to read this. He was one of the two people I've sent the entire manuscript to. I wanted him to read this and see if there was any... Uh, uh, any indication on his part why this case should not be closed? Because it's still an open case. 
And he wrote back, and he allowed me to use his uh, review. He said, there's no reason. He said, this, uh, uh, it would not be admissible in a court of law uh, because this is hearsay. But it's one degree, I'm saying it's one degree hearsay. Generally, when you see a book on who killed Bugsy Siegel, it's two to three degrees of separation. Yes. A friend of a friend or a friend of my uncle. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is direct from the lady who planned it. And nobody would be able to plan it like B. Sedway because she knew Ben Siegel so well. They were so close that Siegel was the best man at their wedding, her than most. And the godfather to her firstborn son, Dick, who she called Dickie. My friend is Robbie, so she liked the IE at the end. So uh, he was the godfather to Dickie and uh, and the best man at their wedding. And and <laughs> you're not going to believe this. Went on their honeymoon with them. Wow. You know why? Why is that? I said he he went on their honeymoon with them. But that's another story. Well, but, uh, I I just am amazed that uh, that that this book is out there, and uh, you've been putting a lot of time and effort into the book. Uh, what 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 exactly do you want readers to get from your writing of this book? I want them to get the. Uh, what they will get is the tempo of the time, what Beverly Hills was like during that era. I, because I, I am blessed with a photographic memory. I remember everything. I mean, uh, I, I don't forget anything. I remember Robbie's number when we were kids. I know exactly where he lived. I remember the layout of the house. I remember. Everything, and I remember everything about Beverly Hills. When I moved here, uh, the red car was still running along Santa Monica Boulevard, and so I bring the the aura, the the temple of the city. There were no freeways; everything was surface streets, and um, it was just a whole different time. When I grew up here, uh, in retrospect, I call it happy days. Because it was, I just didn't realize it at the time, but it was happy days, and uh, it was a, it was a quiet time, and so I bring that out. I bring out the fact that that the killer would never be caught, because they had no forensic evidence in those days. There was no surveillance cameras. Today, it could never have happened, and they never wanted to. Commit the perfect crime. It wasn't like Leopold and Loeb, where they felt they had such high intelligence they could commit the perfect crime and nobody would find out. Uh, this was not the case. They just didn't want to get caught, and they never <laughs> were. <laughs> This is just amazing. We have got a great guest with us today. Uh, Stuart Sobel Thank joins you. us here in our broadcast. Queen Bee and the Killing of Bugsy Siegel is the latest from him. And uh, he has been all over the place talking to all sorts of different people about this incredible book. And this... Well, I must tell you something, Jiggy. Yes. Go ahead, it, my friend. It is, not, it is not a book yet. I, I am so confident. It's like... Las Vegas. I'm putting all my money at the center of the table. <laughs> the yes. I've got. 
because I have no I have no agent, I have no publisher. This just started last week, and the re- reaction has been phenomenal. So uh, uh, if anyone wants to find out about the book, they're welcome to at queenbeeandbugsy.com. I have a new website up, and it's being added to as we speak. It's a work in progress. Well, um, Stuart, I would love to have you on um, with one of our with with one of our um, our co-hosts. I guess you would say one of our regular co-hosts. I would love to have you do Skype video with us at some point. And uh, I would love to. and have you on uh, with John O'Connor because I think you guys could have a hell of a conversation just about this book alone. <laughs> so so let me know. Um, I'll, I'll email you and we'll, we'll we'll get all that taken care of. But uh, good. before I wrap Sounds up with everything for me. But before I wrap up with you, I've got yeah. to find out since you know. You you mentioned the, the the writing for the martial arts magazines and the Benny Yurkidis connection and all these things. What do you think of modern day martial arts and the fact that kickboxing is like the coolest thing in the world now? When in the eighties and the seventies, people could give a crap about Benny Yurkidis, Dennis Alexio, and Don the Dragon Wilson. But now it's the greatest thing. Oh, I'm a huge Don Wilson, Mark. I I I interviewed Don on a couple of occasions. I love Don. Um, I'm a I'm I'm I would love to interview Dennis Alexio, but I've heard he's a prick. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I would love to talk to, uh, and we're going to do the Benny or thing. And, uh, but yeah, all, all the big names, man, there was, there was, uh, I, Bill Superfoot Wallace. There was, uh, that there was, there was, uh, Rick Rufus, uh, you know, all these guys. And in fact, uh, there was a, a, a buddy of mine and, I, I, I don't know what kind of reaction I will get when I bring this name up. I might get no reaction. I might get uh, an interesting reaction. But there was there there's a guy that I know. He lives in Oklahoma now. He used to be a kickboxing guy, Dave Cummings. And um, yeah. he uh, and Dave, um, <laughs> he had Rick Rufus sleep on his couch for a little bit back in the day. And, um, you know, Rick, Rick, Rick called Benny and asked if he could use his handle. So it's Rick the Jet Rufus. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I remember, I remember meeting Rick Rufus with Benny, uh, when Rick was 14 years old. Wow. And he, he, we were in Chicago because Benny and I traveled almost every weekend. Yes. We would travel to to or the Orient, uh, uh, Japan at least three times a year. To Hong Kong a couple of times a year. We did a European tour. We went Amazing. to South America. We went all over. And I'm and he told me when we started. He says you're going to see the world through an athlete's eyes. And he was right. And he he's just a marvelous guy. He's he's one in a million. I I remember way back in the day the what my my first experience with uh 
with kickboxing as far as being a mark, being a fan, was uh, watching the lead-up on a pay-per-view provider. It was a uh, it was a lead-up to Rick Rufus versus, and I know I'm going to butcher this name, he was a Canadian guy, Jean Vives Thalt, I think was his name. Yeah, and they yeah, they were pitching it as a big you know, uh-huh. the Super Bowl of kickboxing is what it was. That's right. That's right. Johnny uh, lost to no one except Benny's brother-in-law, Blinky Rodriguez. Yes, I remember Blinky, that name too. Yes, Blinky knocked him out in the first round, first few seconds of the first round, and the fellow was undefeated. But that's another story. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you all—all all the old—all the old kickboxing guys. I remember I went to a, uh, and this uh, this this is one of my favorite stories uh, over over my time of doing martial arts and everything is uh, I went to a seminar, a six-hour seminar, by the way, uh, for uh, uh, Bill Superfoot wow. Wallace. Um, Bill yes. Bill Wallace was supposed to do this. Two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon thing, and he got booked the night before in Kansas City. So he got booked somewhere. He did it. He did a seminar. He came in the next day. He says, "We're just going to do six hours straight through." And he told everybody at the beginning of the seminar, he's like, "You're all going to be able to do the splits at the end of this thing. And you're going to be able to do it like me." And everybody's like, "We're not going to be able to do the splits like him." Well, yeah. At the end of the six hours, we did do the splits, and the next day we all walked like Bill Wallace, bow legged. That's right. So <laughs> <laughs> he, he called it the Wallace Waddle. <laughs> yes, and I always loved. Uh, there was all these people, you know. Th- th- this was back before cell phones and all and all that crap. So people had their their point and shoots with them, and they all went to get photos of Bill Wallace. And he always sure. he would take photos with you, but he always had to be kicking your ass. He either had to be kicking you in the head or punching you in the he face. Was, <laughs> he was a clown. He was always a jokester. Well, I tell you, I saw I saw a, a twelve hour seminar. And that was <laughs> Jesus with and Benny, and we were in uh, Alice Springs, Australia, and it just it wasn't planned that way. It just they were doing like a tag team match, three hours each, and then the wow. other would come up. Just broke for lunch. It was incredible. People were begging for it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what did you think, Stuart, when uh, in 1993 they did this thing called the Ultimate Fighting Championship? What, what, what did you think of the UFC with all, with all the... Gracies well, and all you, the shenanigans and guys in actually, cages they, and <laughs> I think they misnamed it. It should not be Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It should be Brazilian kickboxing or Brazilian Muay Thai. But it nowhere resembles Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu yeah. is defensive art only. Yeah. But I'm a purist. I wrote a uh, an encyclopedia with a couple of fellas and the help of a hundred other people. I think I might actually own that in a garage somewhere here in Hutchinson, Kansas. Yes, the original <laughs> martial arts encyclopedia. Yes, yeah. indeed. I think I own that. We did this book. It, it was 2,500 manuscript pages, and we did it all through the mail, through people writing for us, and there was no computer. There was no fax. There was no scanning. It was all just a selective typewriter in me. <laughs> it was wild. 
and I'd never do that. Thank God I wouldn't have to. Do <laughs> you wouldn't have to nowadays <laughs> with all these computers yeah. and all the shenanigans. So, well, you know, something, yes. One of the things that I've always wanted to know, and yes. since you're real good buddies with Benny the Jet, you you might be able to uh, unravel this for me. But uh, as as they like to say on the internet, rumor and innuendo is that um, the people that had the Ultimate Fighting Championship offered Benny the Jet an opportunity to fight in one of the first UFCs. Is this true, or or what what was the deal? Because I remember to, they offered everybody. Uh, Jiggy, you want to hear the scoop? I would love to hear a scoop. Get, 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 give me the shoot, knows. baby. Give me the shoot. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Gracie boys came over to Benny's gym. <laughs> Horion and Hoist. <laughs> yes, Hoist and Horion. Yep. They came over and said, we'd like to uh, host a smoker. Yes, I I actually. You you know what is funny about that is I actually, I um, and I and I, you 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 might find this entertaining. You might find this totally humiliating. But I fight in smoker fights on a regular basis because uh, I I love mixing in the real fighting part of it. With the professional wrestling part of it, I have a belt, I have oh, a no, robe, no, no. The, the I do all the shit, and and they, an actual traditional smoker for for people that don't know what we're talking about, it's when gyms get together and fight each other in different gyms, but. Me and my business partners, Dave Cummings and Ernest Bell and a few people, have put smokers on where we turn them into events. <laughs> but I'm assuming they just wanted to have a smoker where they would bring some of the Gracie students over to Benny's gym is what I'm thinking, right? No, no. This is, this is the way it was happening. They wanted to have a private banquet and the entertainment would be one of the Gracies against Benny. And um, I was oh boy. not at the gym at the time, and his brother Reuben said, okay, let's, we'll do it without getting any money up front. So uh, the, uh, the event, kept, they kept calling back and saying, well, not this brother, but another brother will do. And he said, I don't care which Gracie you put up. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> put somebody up. Make up your mind. And Benny is a fantastic athlete. So when I found out about this, I brought Bill Wallace over, who is a <laughs> collegiate wrestler. <laughs> yes. I brought Judo Jean LaBelle. Judo Jean, baby! <laughs> yeah. The wild man. I brought Judo Jean You want to talk LaBelle, pro wrestling. <laughs> That's right. And I said, put Benny through his paces. He's got the Gracie's coming. And so for about a week or so, they were coming over and working. You can ask Bill. They came over and worked with Benny. And then I would have loved to see uh, Judo Jean LaBelle try to <laughs> get in there and work with Benny the Jet. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. Gene is a wonderful teacher. He's very patient, and Benny does not tire out. So they kept going. He and uh, Gene and Bill kept tagging me. 
and going uh, after Benny because Benny had the regulation ring in his gym. Yep, yep. <laughs> he had it all set up. So they worked it, and um, then the Gracies uh, said, well, how about another Gracie? They kept switching it around. Well, There's 50,000 Gracies, Stuart. <laughs> I know. <There's laughs> Plus the cousins and everybody else. <laughs> so what happened was Benny went, uh, there was a film for him. I sent him to the Philippines to do some B film. Yeah. And uh, he was do- he was working there. And then all of a sudden, in uh, the Hollywood Reporter, it says, Benny the Jet is ducking out of uh, the Gracies. <laughs> offered him, they offered him $1,000 to fight them. I said, $1,000? Are you kidding? They, uh, they were just um, uh, delusional. I would say. Delusional is a, is, is, is a, is a, is a really good term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, I had heard over the years that they had reached out to Benny. They'd reached out to all these guys and offered all these guys opportunities to fight in the UFC. And there was all these various reasons why these guys wouldn't do it. Um, so that that is, that well, is refreshing to hear that... Uh, that that Benny, you know, trained with uh, all the various uh, all the various legends to get ready for uh, for a, a fight. He was with... going to get ready, but when the money was not coming in, I, I asked for a deposit. When it wasn't coming in, I said you can stop training. Nothing's happening. Oh yeah, the the the, the... And that was it. Well, see what I thought, and I and if you if you've paid attention to any of the the beginnings of the UFC, they always wanted to be able to have hoist. Who they had chosen at that point to be their to be their guy, um, he yeah. was going to go through and beat everybody in a different discipline. And so when they got to UFC three and they had him fight uh, this guy by the name of Kimo Leopoldo, who was supposedly a Taekwondo stylist, which come to find out he didn't know any Taekwondo. He just beat up somebody on a basketball court. And Joe Son seen him and went, hey, you want to fight in the UFC? I'll, we're going to say you're Taekwondo. <laughs> and, uh, and the thing about it is I think what they were hoping to do is they would beat Benny the Jet, and then they would turn around and say, well, we've beat a kickboxer. And we've beat the most, <laughs> at that time, the most famous kickboxer. It wasn't going to happen. So, well, first of all, the, the UFC had no clout at that time. They were yes. just turning off. Yeah. They were offering no money. They were going that, to too. They didn't have any fighters. money. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have it. They, they were going to all the top fighters, and it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they tried to get everybody. They, uh, they, they, they even did a, uh, an interesting marketing campaign where they took all these ads out in Playboy magazine and all these other various places trying to get Mike Tyson to fight Gracie. And, oh boy. and that was when Mike was still being managed by the lovely and talented Don King. And if they are not going to offer Benny the Jet any money, they're definitely not going to offer the Don any money to, to get Tyson. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so. Well, you see, it, would, it all started with a, a power couple in the martial arts named Don and Judy Quine. And Judy Quine's 
was actually, her maiden name was Balaban, and her father started Paramount Pictures. So wow. She had a lot of clout to begin with. Donna Judy yes. Kwan. Look him up in the old encyclopedia. You'll see Donna Judy in there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, listen, I could go on and on about martial arts. Oh, yeah. I could go on and on yeah. about Bugsy Siegel. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, I, I know Bugsy Siegel like he's a launchman. Well, he is. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I think, I, you know... We no, we're both Jewish. We definitely <laughs> have to um uh, when when uh, when when we get the dates for uh ABN and Vegas in January, I'm going to have to get a hold of uh our our mutual friend Mr. Marin and uh we will we will have to meet up in Vegas cuz I I th- this would be a, a just a tremendous video interview. We I would have love a great time. to sit with you and chat about time. all this. So, but before we let I've you go, it. Stuart, yeah. Um, how yeah. do we get in touch with you on the the web, social media? How, how, how do how do we do all this so we can get uh, get in touch with you about well, this this whole project? Yes, Queen Queen Bee Fantastic. That's it. And and I just started the, the website last week. It's being built every day. There's new things to add. Uh, it's uh, it'll tell you all about it, and also a place where you can leave your name, and we will notify you when the book is available. That is tremendous. That is tremendous. Well, yeah. I will be in touch with you on email because I definitely want to have you back on. Uh, heck, I would love to have you on as early as this Thursday, if we could, with you and John O'Connor, because I think you guys would tear it up talking about uh, Bugs and Siegel. I would love it. I've heard about John O'Connor, and I want to see. Oh, John's great, he man. Did. He's <laughs> John is great. He, uh, he you hey, know, if he's any, if he, if he's half as good as you, we're going to have a great time. And uh, I will be in touch with you on that, and. Uh, I will also be in touch with you on this Benny the Jet interview because, uh, oh, I, I got to I gotta pick the brain of Benny the Jet, baby. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Well, I will be in touch. Uh, Stuart, have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day, my friend. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thanks for doing this today. I enjoyed it immensely. Thank you for having me on. Definitely. We'll talk to you soon, Stuart. Have yourself a wonderful day, my friend. You got it. You there he goes, Stuart Sobel. And uh, that is going to wrap it up here for our big broadcast. We thank you for joining us. And uh, we will see you next time. The Jiggy Jaguar radio program continues. Yes, indeed. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, our official app is available in both the app stores. You can also find us on the TuneIn apps as well. 24-7 at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-Y-R.com. Monday through Friday, we are live 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 PM Mountain Standard. And, of course, you can find all of our past guests, future guests, and Every guest in between available on our website at JiggyJaguar.com. The Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast is brought to you by our fabulous friends over there at MyPillow.com. That's right. 
you can save up to 30% with MyPillow.com. Body pillows. They've got rolling goes now in new colors and styles. They have these incredible blankets. They're called waffle blankets. And they have a brand new mattress topper. It's guaranteed the most comfortable mattress topper you will ever find over there at MyPillow.com. Go over and check it out today. Save 30% with our promo code J-I-G-G-Y. Go over to MyPillow.com and check it out today. We've got our next guest coming in here in just a few seconds. Let's go to them here on our big program. We are back live here on 104.7 FM, 1340 KWOI, your number one place for news, talk, and sports. Cheeky Jaguar with you on a fabulous, fabulous Tuesday. Get a hold of us online, listen to us online, and join the VIP Listener Club at MyBigOrnBase.com. Currently in Cody, Wyoming, it is 82 degrees. We are going to go to Frank Vernuccio from USA Gov Policy. He is going to join us this morning to talk about some of the different issues of the day. So we go to Frank Vernuccio right now here on a morning show. Rocket lifted off and returned safely to Texas, which might be the first legal entry into Texas of the Biden administration. That's fantastic. He He's coming in hot, as they say. Frank Vernuccio with us today. USA Gov Policy. And uh, he joins us today here on our big broadcast talking about some of the different news and views and some of the different things going on in and around the world. So this thing with these space people, these, these, these billionaires, these trillionaires that are going into space, why, why don't they just pay their taxes, Frank? well they are paying taxes and they're creating jobs and they're creating whole new industries think about this jim imagine the early days of the united states if you needed a government program to go west we'd probably be still 13 states clinging to the eastern seaboard in many ways this is the real start of the space age when private citizens granted at first the very wealthy but eventually that'll spread straight throughout, can start exploiting space, doing the economy a favor by bringing in whole new markets. It's going to amount to something very significant. We're talking about, according to most economic projections, a $1 trillion addition to the United States economy over the next, say, 20 or 30 years. And that's going to be great for just about everyone in the nation. It is Frank Fernuccio. He joins us today. USA Gov Policy here on our big program. And Frank, uh, another thing that is kind of uh, hovering over everybody is this Olympics situation. COVID has popped up at the Olympic Village in Japan. Are the summer games basically courting disaster here, my friend? What, what, what are you hearing from some of your inside sources? Well, of course, if the athletes are vaccinated, then there shouldn't be very much of a problem. Japan, of course, has been spared the worst of COVID, although it's kicked up a notch lately. If all the athletes are, in fact, vaccinated, 
then it shouldn't be a disaster. If you have some who aren't vaccinated, that might be a bit of a problem. It's Frank Fernuccio, USA Gov Policy. He joins us here on our big program. And there is a lot going on around the world with all the different things that are happening. What do you see as the next big story that the media is probably going to be all over just from some of the different things that you have been, uh, that you've been uh, experienced with some of the different people that, you know, well, there's a stunning new report that came out about the condition of the United States Navy saying that emphasis on training, which of course is all important has been taken away from things like, well, fighting an enemy to things like, opening up the mindfulness of the Navy, you know, woke agendas, things of that sort. Um, Some of the reports are saying the Navy is woefully incapable of combat operations at this point. And as that story begins to make more and more rounds, you're going to see more and more congressional hearings and more attention being uh, given to the fact that during the Obama administration and now again under the Biden administration, the United States military has been more focused on good public relations than on good fighting capabilities. And as China and Russia become equally more aggressive, then you're going to see that becoming the story as the U.S. decide, and our allies, in fact, decide how to cope with this new aggression uh, that we're seeing from Russia and China. We have got Frank Fernuccio with us today, USA Gov Policy. He joins us today here on our big broadcast. So, Frank, before we let you go, how do people get in touch with you online, get your, uh, get your radio programs, all these things, and also give us a preview of the radio and TV show this week? Well, if your local station doesn't carry our program, you could always go to usagovpolicy.com. You can get our radio show, our TV show, and, of course, our daily research columns that come out six days a week. We've got an interesting show lined up. Horace Cooper, who is a senior fellow with the National Center for Public Policy Research, is going to be talking about that controversial stuff going on in Arizona, uh, where it looks as though recounts of the election or audits of the election are showing genuine irregularities. We're also going to be talking to Kenny Zhu, who's the lead insider on the Harvard case uh, concerning the discrimination against Asian students in some of our Ivy League colleges. Fantastic. Well, Frank, I will talk to you next week. Thanks for being with us here on the big program, my friend. Looking forward to it, James. Good speaking with you. Thank you. There he goes. That's Frank Bernuccio, USA Gov Policy, joins us today here on the old Skype. And uh, we are going to take a time out. When we come back, we have got more coming up here exclusively on 1047 FM, 1340 AM. That's KWOR, your place for news, talk, sports. We got more coming up on the other side. Jaguar Radio Show on the network. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, amfm247.com. You can download our app in both the app stores. Also, find us on TuneIn 24-7 or check us out on iHeartRadio each and every day. We are live 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 PM Mountain Standard over there. 
at JiggyJaguar.com. We have got a tremendous guest coming up here in just a few moments. But before we do that, let's tell you about our incredible sponsor for this segment. Our good friends over there at MyPillow. That is right, MyPillow.com. Deep discounts on all the MyPillow products are happening right now at MyPillow.com. Go over and use the promo code J-I-G-G-Y and get some incredible deals at MyPillow.com. Or dial them up at 800-550-2037. We've talked about all the different MyPillow products, but I want to tell you about the Giza Dream Sheet sets. These are guaranteed the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Certified. 100% Giza Egyptian cotton. It's now available in both solids and stripes. We have a a set of these. These are absolutely amazing. Flannel Giza Dream sheet sets for colder weather. My pillow flannel sheets now come in Giza cotton. And you can buy one, get one absolutely free at MyPillow.com or 800-550-2037. Enter the promo code J-I-G-G-Y and you can get 30% off your My Giza Dream Sheets. MyPillow.com. We've got more coming up right now on our big broadcast. 